Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Noel is on an adventure. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccan. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, Mission Control, quick check-in. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, wow. It's a thumbs up with a with an on and onward and upward motion. So uh, someone's excited about the weekend. It is Friday as we record this. How about you, Matt? Any big plans? Oh, I am so excited to mow my lawn and clean the house and do things that I don't always get to do. Uh, you're not going to storm Area 51? I thought about it and find them aliens. Uh, no, and probably not. Just a... <laughs> Shout out here. There's a, there's a, I guess a petition going around right now as we are recording this that was just popping up in the news, CNN, Times Magazine, everybody's talking about it. Um, just a heads up. If you're going to storm a secret government facility, don't give them a giant heads up that there are going to be thousands of you coming. Well, maybe it is smart to give them a heads up so you don't get shot. But at the same time, if there are extraterrestrial bodies kept somewhere on Groom Lake, they're not going to be there when you when you get there. That's a very good point. Uh, let me perhaps comment on this with an anecdote from a friend of mine who attempted to visit Area 51 with his brother once on a road trip. In interest of anonymity, I'm not going to give their names. This is, however, a true story. So they wanted to, on a great trip out west, see how close they could get to Area 51. The place is surrounded by signs that do notify, you know, do notify you of when something is considered trespassing and also notify you that it is legal for Uncle Sam to use lethal force on anyone past that point. Uh, there will be no legal repercussions. There will be no class action lawsuit. There will be no help for you if you cross that line and get popped. So this guy's experience went the following way. They had taken, I believe, his brother's truck and they had driven up as close as they could get and they kind of got out uh, in front of one of those signs. But as they're getting out, they see a glint 
in the distance that they would later recognize as a sniper rifle. Uh, they were also uh, they were also approached by uh, very aggressive military vehicles driving at them. Oh, actually, wait, no, they didn't manage to get out of the truck. I think they stopped the truck. They saw the glint, and then the vehicles came after them. So they turned around and started to hightail it out. Uh, they got rammed. They got fishtailed. Uh, and then, you know, like, what I mean by fishtailed is uh, one of the military vehicles purposely swiped the back end of their truck such that they almost lost control of the vehicle. Like a pit maneuver. Mm-hmm. So it was exactly, exactly so, Matt. Uh, so they escaped with a, a lesson learned, and I'm sure they will never visit again. Uh, but if you are one of those people who genuinely thinks that you will storm – Area 51 with uh, thousands and thousands of others, or if you are one of those people who thinks you will storm it and die in the process uh, and you survived, let us know how it goes. Today's episode is about another nefarious activity of Uncle Sam. Internationally speaking, the Central Intelligence Agency is one of the United States' most well-known and some would say infamous branches of government. It was created on Paul's birthday on September 18th, uh, although he is not this old. It was uh, 1947 when it was created. And this, uh, the official duty of the CIA is to collect, analyze, evaluate, and disseminate foreign intelligence to assist the president and senior U.S. government policymakers in making decisions relating to national security. That's uh, pretty legit. Seems pretty good. Seems like something that we would want to do as a country, as a a state government. Right. On the offset, this doesn't sound too egregious, does it? After all, governments need to know what's happening in the world around us, especially when it may have an effect on domestic affairs. And these days in the globally interconnected society in which we live, or maybe survive is a better word, these sorts of foreign affairs nearly always have some sort of measurable effect on domestic affairs. However, if you have checked out any episode of this show ever, ever, ever in the past, then you know that the CIA has been involved in multitudes of less-than-above-the-board activities over the past six decades. We're talking assassinations, corporate corruption, like overthrowing a country to help the bottom line of a U.S.-based corporation, covert activities not approved by Congress, and frankly, bizarre experiments. Today's episode is about that last one. So here are the facts. The CIA has done tons and tons and tons of stuff. Not all of these activities seem directly related to foreign intelligence and national security. They're kind of um, A to C thinking rather than A to B thinking. Yeah. How do we get to that end goal? Sometimes that end goal is how do we make a person who is being interrogated more susceptible to telling us all the information we want, uh, as in MKUltra. That's that's the CIA mind control program that we made, I believe, two episodes about recently. Check those out. You can also find some videos on that that we've covered. Um, how do we take out a large number of people, perhaps in a way that wouldn't indicate traditional weaponry, like traditional munitions? There you go. Here's some biological warfare for you. Um, perhaps finding a way to kill someone without letting anyone else know that the CIA was involved or the United States or anyone else, in fact. Um, unorthodox assassinations, poisoning, wetsuits, exploding cigars like we talked about on the uh, the Fidel Castro Cuba episode. Or how about just biological warfare experiments on the citizens of the United States? Which is a true story. There are various accounts of the Central Intelligence Agency dispersing contaminants or substances meant to impersonate contaminants over large swaths of population centers here in the U.S. more or less to see what would happen. The CIA has also experimented with hypnosis. 
And honestly, in comparison to some of their other uh, research avenues, this is pretty tame. This is sort of a, a slow news day for the CIA, one would think at least. But what, what exactly is hypnosis? What do we mean when we say hypnosis? Nowadays, it's widely misunderstood and this is due primarily to its depiction in works of fiction. One film that I love in particular is a real blockbuster when it came out. It's The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari in in which a somnambulist or a sleepwalker is turned into a monster, sort of a, a predecessor of what we call the Manchurian candidate today. And through the power of hypnosis, the eponymous villain of the film uh, creates this killing machine. That's not how hypnosis works. That's At least that's not what the science shows us. Hypnosis is not a process wherein someone can be turned into a killing machine, forced to harm themselves, or really even forced to do something that they wouldn't have done normally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like the reason why uh, being drunk is not a good excuse for someone's behavior. It's not something you would never have done. It's just something that you would do when you were less inhibited or less aware of the consequences of your actions. Hypnosis is also not a good tool for researching hidden trauma or suppressed memories because as longtime listeners know, you can implant false memories in people very, very, very easily. So what is hypnosis instead? What, what do we mean when we say that the CIA was experimenting with real hypnosis, what are we talking about? Well, it's really a trance state that you can put somebody in. And, you know, it it is characterized by extreme suggestibility. And that's where you bring in being able to plant memories into somebody by, you know, just leading someone down a path of suggestion, right? It also has to do with relaxation, heightened imagination. But it isn't exactly... The way – because when you hear that, maybe you think about sleep or that sleepy feeling that you'll get sometimes when you're um, a bit out of it, as you might put it, as I would put it. Um, But it isn't really like sleep because the subject, the person who is under hypnosis is alert the entire time that they are undergoing hypnosis. It's um, a lot of times compared to daydreaming or at least the feeling of losing yourself in a book or a movie or maybe that – that kind of feeling you get when you come to alertness again after you've been driving in a car for a long time and you realize, oh, wow, I've gone three or four miles and I can't recall any of the exits or any of the things that just occurred. And I have to reiterate this. You are fully conscious when you are under hypnosis, but you do tune out all of the other stuff that's occurring around you, all the stimuli. You focus intently on whatever is at hand, the subject at hand. Uh, if someone's speaking to you and like leading you through hypnosis, that is the only thing that's occurring. Those, those words, the sounds basically coming towards you. Yeah, think about flow state. Flow state is when for the athletes in the audience, you feel that you are in the zone. Maybe you're so focused that time seems to slow a bit. Um, maybe you f- don't hear things the way that you would normally hear them if you were outside of the flow state. In the everyday trance of, say, uh, a Walter Mitty-esque flight of fancy or let's say uh, watching a film that you're very into – an imaginary world seems somewhat more real. We suspend our disbelief. And this this primarily translates to a work of fiction or unreality fully engaging our emotions. That's why people have a cathartic experience when they see tragedies or when they watch uh, love stories. These imaginary events can cause you to experience genuine fear, sadness, or happiness. This is also, by the way, the reason that jump scares in horror films work. You know that you're in a theater with maybe 80 or more people uh, or you know that you're the only person in your house but oh, that creepy girl from the ring, am I right? Some researchers categorize all of these trances as forms of self-hypnosis. There's a hypnotism expert back in the 20th century named Milton Erickson and Erickson believed that most people hypnotize themselves on a daily basis. And for those of us listening who say, oh, well, I am unhypnotizable, I've never been in a trance state, 
If you've ever been on a road trip for more than about three hours, I can guarantee that you have entered something like this. It is the way the human mechanism works. Most psychiatrists don't focus on this accidental sneak up on you trance state. They focus on intentional relaxation, focusing exercises. You know what I mean? Like breathe deep, count your breaths. Imagine that there is a waterfall or you're slowly floating away from your body as we count down from 10 to 1. Things like that. Yeah, it's almost the um, focused meditation kind of things or guided meditation or ASMR kinds of things. Mm -hmm. This deep hypnosis is often compared to that sort of reverie we encounter between wakefulness and sleep, which is for a lot of people the most amazing part of their day. Yeah. And I would say that all of this we're discussing right here reminds me of the feeling you get when you're deeply immersed in a video game. And I think it's probably uh, almost more powerful in that respect because even though your body is reacting, your fingers are touching some control mechanism, your entire consciousness is existing in whatever that imaginary world is um, on your screen, however you're experiencing the video game, especially in a VR setting or something, um, to where all of the external stimuli, especially if you're wearing headphones, just goes away. Uh, I, I, that's just what I'm thinking about when, when I'm hearing all of this. Agreed. In conventional hypnosis, we approach the suggestion of our hypnotists or, you know, yourself if you're the hypnotist, as if they were reality. But on some level, we are always aware that this is not the concrete, you know, baseline reality. It's, it's like we're playing pretend, similar to when you would play games as children, but on a more intense level. And in this particular mental state, people do feel uninhibited, they do feel relaxed, Presumably, this is because you get a bit further away cognitively from the worries and doubts that usually keep our actions in check. This all leads to subjects of hypnotism also being highly suggestible, which is how you can hypnotize someone and convince them that they had an experience they just now whoosh, whoosh, remembered, right? And then boom, you can write a book. So and this has been the path for a lot of unethical therapists, especially in the 90s and 80s. By the way, this is, this is how uh, stage magicians can get people to do things that are endearing but not dangerous. However, the CIA did not research hypnotism to make people squawk like chickens or learn to chillax and be uh, laid back AF. Instead, they did this to teach their agents psychic powers. And we'll get into that right after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. 
In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where it gets crazy. Yes, that is correct. The CIA researched psychic powers or extrasensory perception, a.k.a. ESP. Yeah, it's a lot like something we've discussed on this show before, remote viewing. Remember this? Remote viewing in Project Stargate, that whole military program from 78. Probably seen the the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, loosely based on that or somewhat based on that. The CIA had this whole separate program specifically to research potential of remote viewing. And you know, in in this like kind of weird sci-fi way to unlock those powers of the human mind, the ones that have been hidden away or that we forgot about or we just don't realize when we're on this corporeal plane that we that we have. And they did not go into this endeavor alone. They partnered out. They contracted out. They went to a place called the Monroe Institute. From the late 1970s into the 1980s, the CIA paid for intelligence officers to go on week-long excursions to an out-of-the-way place called the Monroe Institute. The Monroe Institute specialized in out-of-body experiences and astral projection. And Matt, you had uh, had done a little bit of digging on the namesake of the Monroe Institute, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I did. There's this guy named Robert A. Monroe. He's a fascinating subject. He was an executive for broadcast radio in several different respects, several different, uh, I don't know, I guess you can call it stations. He ended up making his own company. And as part of his company that he created, he was doing a lot of research into audio. And one thing that just kind of happened to occur as he's doing all this research on how audio affects listeners, uh, other new things we can do with audio, how can we influence people who are listening, uh, he stumbled upon this idea that perhaps through tones we can influence the way people experience either other audio or even get someone to encounter what he would later coin in one of his books, an out-of-body experience. Right, right. In his 1971 book, Journeys Out of the Body. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And he, uh, and Far Journeys is another one of his books, Ultimate Journey, lots of journeys. Uh, Journey Out of the Body, that's the, that's the big one. Um, it's really, I mean, he's a fascinating character. And if you go to the Monroe Institute's website, which is m-o-n-r-o-e-institute.org, uh, you, can, you can actually find YouTube videos of this man, Bob Monroe, as he's called a lot of times, where he's giving talks. 
And I started going down this rabbit hole today with this guy. He has some kind of, I guess, what would be considered out of their ideas about what human consciousness is. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess what he's discovered through his explorations of his own technology and his own techniques. I don't, I actually don't want to describe them in full detail here. I would just encourage you to listen to some of these because if I just told you in a bulleted point what he believes experience is as consciousness, you would just probably sigh, roll your eyes and then leave. But I think after hearing what we're going to tell you today, then maybe watching these, your mind might might be a little more open or susceptible to suggestion. Yeah. And, and just to, I, I agree with that, Matt, just to give everyone a taste of where we're where we're coming from with this, let's let's describe Bob's findings, not in his own words, but in an excellent short summary by journalist Caroline Haskins writing for Motherboard on Vice. She says, human consciousness is nothing but an intersection of energy planes that forms a hologram able to travel through space-time, all one word, across the universe and into the past, present, and future. That's the elevator pitch. For the nature of consciousness as seen by the Monroe Institute, there's a lot more to it. So check it out, I guess, before you, before you make your, your final call. Uh, this, this was uh, very out there for some people, but it was also very promising for others, including people like Army Commander Wayne M. McDonnell, who in June of 1983 was asked to give his commander an assessment of the psychic services provided by the Monroe Institute. This was during something called Project Center Lane. The Monroe Institute is known for not just Bob's opinions on the nature of human consciousness and its uh, interactions with what we call reality, but for the patented technology that he and his associates had created. They call it Hemisync, short for uh, hemisphere synchronization. And it uses audio to, quote, synchronize the brain waves of the left and right sides of the brain. According to the website, this makes the, the brain more receptive to hypnosis and all of the other potential uh, things they believe the human mind can do while in that state. And you may have heard of this before. A lot of times it's referred to as binaural beats on the internet. You can find YouTube videos of purported binaural beats. And generally it has to do with two different similar but not the same tones that are being played in stereo into both of your ears. Right. And as we established before, audio has uh, tremendous power, some effects of which are more apparent than others. So Wayne was asked to provide this assessment after he had completed the week-long psychic program at the Institute a month prior. And this, this institute, just for reference, is located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia in a small town called Faber. Faber is about 30 miles east of Charlottesville. That, that probably gives our U.S. audience a, a rough sense for everyone outside of the U.S. I know these are just a series of names. But if you if you pop on Google Maps, you can see the point we're making is this is relatively isolated. So here's the question. What did McDonald say? Well, his report formed the basis of a 29-page Army document that featured detailed explanations of hypnosis, holograms, and out-of-body experiences. The documents place these phenomena in the context of these larger ideas of consciousness, energy, space-time, quantum, subatomic particles, the astral projection, right? And of course, astral projection is the idea that one can uncouple the mind and the body and send the mind free throughout all sorts of uh, places, and doesn't have to travel through linear time. I do want to note here uh, that w we primarily focus on this being a CIA activity, but a lot of this was the CIA and the Army functioning sort of hand in glove. Uh, they, were, they were sharing uh, a lot of research on this. So McDonald cites a metaphor penned by a Monroe Institute employee named Melissa Jager or Jaeger, in order to illustrate the nature of hypnosis. The metaphor says that the normal state of consciousness is kind of like a lamp, and that means it emits light in a chaotic, incoherent way. 
Which we, which we kind of, in a way, disagree with that because it's just more of like an omnipresent uh, single source of light that goes in all directions. But but mm-hmm. uh, we we agree. Yeah, uh, but a, a hypnotized state of consciousness, by contrast, would be like a laser beam. And thoughts and energy are, as you had said earlier, Matt, describing hypnosis, they're like a disciplined stream of light or like a laser. So when they're doing Project Centrally, when when they're working on this, the big question here is how they found candidates, right? How how did they how did they get officers to participate in Project Centrally? Well, the first thing you got to do when you're going to bring someone on into some kind of hypnosis study and or um, learning and training technique is to hypnotize them. That's, of course, first and foremost. Uh, And then um, after they're under hypnosis, they would practice um, like reaching this place, this uh, state of consciousness considered the astral plane. And the whole goal is to learn foreign languages, like basically be able to teach yourself things at a faster pace, to enter the matrix, if you will, in a way, and to also do this thing that the documents referred to as habit control training, which you can assume has to do with, you know, training each of these people who are going to take part in this to do certain things, to not do certain things, although the details of that are lost to us. According to one of the declassified files, 251 Army intelligence candidates were selected for the first year of experimentation. And of those candidates, 117 were initially interviewed under the impression that they were just taking a survey, right? Mm-hmm. McDonald was trying to find people who were in the, the middle of the bell curve regarding credulism versus skepticism. So people who – objected to military use of what they called psychoenergetics categorically were not considered to be good candidates. And then on the other side of the spectrum, people who seemed incredibly gassed and excited about psychoenergetics or people who, <laughs> by whatever measure they, they had the study conducted, considered to be occult fanatics or mystical zealots were also out of the running. But for the people who were accepted – they were they were shipped off on a real weird field trip. They went to the Monroe Institute, and then they would listen to this hemisync audio. After this, one of the institute's research associates would do the guided uh, meditation that you mentioned earlier, Matt. Uh, they would guide intelligence officers into the astral plane, the psychic space in which the institute maintained that officers could heighten their sensory experiences, accelerate their healing, travel into the past or the future, or even solve real-world dilemmas without the restraints of a physical body. Whoa. I know, right? Another technique known as remote viewing was also employed. Uh, This is something that should be familiar if if you caught our earlier interview with the scientist Russell Targ or some of our work on Project Stargate. According to a declassified document from 82 – which doesn't specifically explicitly mention the Army or the Monroe Institute. Yeah, because they didn't go until the next year, right? Right. This this does, however, follow the precise description of remote viewing as explained by the uh, as explained by the 1983 doc that does mention Monroe by name. So what? What were they doing exactly? What was their first big milestone test goal? The answer will surprise you, uh, we promise, and we'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, according to the documents that, that we found online, the goal of all of this remote viewing, all of the energy that all of these people put in, was to remotely view Mars in the year 1 million BC. Basically, to find out if there was a human civilization or another extraterrestrial civilization of intelligent beings that lived on Mars back then. Mm -hmm. According to the transcript, an interviewer read coordinates and verbal cues to a subject, and the subject claimed to see dust storms, alien structures, and even an ancient alien race. Uh, you can, by the way, you can see all of the stuff we're describing at CIA.gov. Uh, just search yeah. through their reading room and you'll, you'll see this written out explicitly. We're not styling yeah. <laughs> on this nor paraphrasing. You heard that. It's on the CIA's website. It's true. So some people did say that they saw something. You could either, you, you know, you, you can read the transcript and decide for yourself whether they're just hyper-suggestible and maybe they're just kind of improvising and riffing on cues that the research associate or RA gave them. But here's, here's one description from a subject who certainly saw something. He says, very tall, again, very large people. Uh, but they're they're thin. They look thin because of their height, and they dress like oh hell. It's like it's like a real light silk, but it's not you know flowing type of clothing. It's it's cut to fit. They're they're ancient people. They're they're dying. It's past their time or age. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive, and they just can't. Wow. This is just one example. To be fair, 
That is a direct quote, but there are other examples out there. Was he was he from Georgia or Alabama? Where where was he from? It may be lost to history. I don't know if it's a source, but it sounded like he went through being from maybe four or five very different places in the course of that description. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Guess he was a military brat and moved around a lot. But this is all real. This all definitely happened. And the big question is, what happened next after they sent these people for these things? Uh, what, what did what did they find? What did the Army and the CIA find with Hemisync technology? Well, there's this guy who is described as a personal management analyst named uh, Ray, Ray Waldcoter. He wrote this article for the 1991 Hemisync Journal. So they've got an entire journal here. And again, the Monroe Institute was a research arm created through his research and development efforts through his broadcast company. Okay, so – uh, he's reviewing the Army's uses of hemisync technology. So kind of – so we had the Army looking at their technology. Now they're looking back on how the Army is going to be using it. And uh, and in this, he states that the Army variously used hemisync technology for stress reduction, psychological counseling, and enhanced learning abilities for various levels of personnel as well as training for people seeking officer-level positions. So really, they truly are, at least in several ways here, attempting to use it like the Matrix to uh, teach people skills as fast as they can and as uh, efficiently as possible. And Walt Cotter wrote also that several intensive Army military training programs have been conducted using the technology. This is where it gets this, – this is pretty fascinating because he said these programs demonstrated positive results, which means that in one or more than one of the fields of research that they were conducting, this technology, Hemisync, was found to be successful. We don't know which fields. We don't know how successful. We just know that they felt there was something to it. And as a result, research continued until 1995 when the Defense Appropriations Act directs the program to be transferred to, wait for it, the CIA. And the CIA keeps working with this. We're not sure exactly uh, what they did with it because we don't know what did or did not make it into a written report. But the CIA itself later said – Remote viewing had not been proven to work by a psychic mechanism specifically and they assured us or assured themselves internally that it had not been used operationally. Furthermore, the CIA concluded that there was nothing striking or surprising about its findings after doing research of their own. Hmm. Yeah. So – now we're at another you – know, fork in the road, right? Over $20 million was sunk into this project of which we're aware. And to be fair, that is not a huge figure in comparison to many other strange army and CIA projects. But let's remember that the US public footed the bill here. And this was at a time when people were, as they are now, still in need of education, medical care, food, and so on. Uh, so is it money well spent? Was it foolish? Is there more to the story? I don't know. But maybe you're saying, hey, guys, I, I'm, um, I'm a person who learns through experience. I want to follow in the footsteps of the CIA and Army intelligence and figure this out for myself. While we have good news for you, friends and neighbors, the Monroe Institute, as we record, is still operating. It's still around. It is still selling its Hemisync program today. So you can take a week off yourself and go find out what all the hubbub is about. Yeah, and there's everything from mini one-day programs or you can jump on one of their five- to six-day consciousness programs. And you guys, the Monroe Institute's in kind of in a silly way, but also in – I'm genuinely interested in this uh, – about – you could take a class about energy medicine. You can take a class that's de uh, described as event horizon, conscious presence. Uh, we could all probably use a little bit of that nowadays. Or something called animal and interspecies communication. Now that one I'm into. If I could talk to my dog – 
like Ooh. really know what's going on, that would be huge. That's your pick. That's my pick. Awesome. Or Event Horizon, whatever that is. <laughs> so let us know your experience with this if you decide to engage in this sort of activity or if you take a field trip to the Monroe Institute. Let us know if you've been to this or something like this in the past. We would love to hear your stories. Most importantly, like all classified projects, this was technically a conspiracy, not a theory. They really spent the money in secret, the Army and then later the CIA. Yet for fringe researchers, the admitted conspiracy is simply a distraction, sort of a red herring to throw you off the trail. And they'll argue that this sort of experimentation continues today. So if we took a little bit of time to speculate, to engage in some what-ifery, Let's let's see, uh, what would be the best way to conduct this sort of experimentation without the usual legal limitations imposed by domestic and international law? First, if we throw morals to the wayside, uh, you would probably want to set up an institution or a laboratory of some sort in a place that the U.S. controlled but was not legally – obligated towards. So like Diego Garcia maybe or, or one of the islands where so many people have been black bagged in the war on terror. And then you would want to of course keep it out of the news. Uh, you would also you would also want to make sure that you could dope the subjects up as much as you wanted to see how far into that state you could get them before there were deleterious cognitive or physical effects. And then probably just to get a baseline, you would keep going until if you died. That's, that's the kind of stuff that you will see fringe researchers arguing is happening now. As we record today, there isn't proof of that, but that is some disturbing speculation. And just saying that that could happen, which it absolutely, absolutely could. For all we know, it could be happening now. Just saying that could happen is not the same thing as saying any of that would result in actual remote viewing, you know what I mean, or reproducible astral travel and so on. I'm just saying it is completely possible for the U.S. and other powerful governments to kidnap people, take them into a place where uh, ethical constraints do not apply and experiment on them. There you go. Or you could just, I don't know, pump some of that binaural stuff, the hemisync stuff into the radio waves and see how it plays on the public overall. Does it have any effect on, on humans while they're driving or while they're listening to their podcasts? Oh. That's did, a very good question. Did you guys notice the, the hemisync technology happening in your ears while you're listening to this? You didn't because we weren't using it. But uh, <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool if we did? Wouldn't that be cool if we did? What would happen? Let us know. And, and also let us know what you think about this idea of center lane in general. Was it a brief, well-intentioned dabbling in unorthodox methods that was rightly discarded when the science just didn't hold up to scrutiny? Or was it something else, something a little more sinister? Something – they don't want you to know. Perfect. You can tell us about it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners, on our community page. Here's where it gets crazy. Yeah, or you can call us where we are, 1-833-STDWYTK. Leave a message. Tell us about your experience rather than writing it down. We'll enjoy it. You might get on the air. But uh, make sure you let us know if you want us to use your name. And or if you want us to mask your voice or whatever, or you just don't want it to go on the air. Have we ever masked anyone's voice for this, Matt? Have we we have. Yeah. On the last voicemail episode, we had a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer call in that we masked his voice. Fantastic. So maybe even you just want your voice masked for the look, for the aesthetic. 
Sure, uh, Paul Paul doesn't mind. <laughs> no, seriously, please don't abuse that. <laughs> and uh, while you're on the internet, why not drop us a review on iTunes? Uh, every every review you give us gives gets us uh, – think of it this way. It gets us a little bit further away from being black bagged ourselves. So do help us out. And yes, and it also helps more people find the show because it moves us up in the rankings on places like Apple Podcasts. And it is just – you know, if you want other people to listen, then why not? It, and by the way, tell us what you really think. We're not asking you just to give us a five-star review. We're asking for your opinion. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah, totally. We, we accept it. But we'll take the other stuff, too. And if none of that quite fills out your dance card, if there's another way that you prefer to communicate, we have one more for you. Even in these, our modern days, you can still send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.